A very warm welcome. This is Kevin Schwarzinger speaking from Chimney Capital. And today is the fourth episode of Fireside Fridays. Today, we will talk about LinkedIn essentials, cash flow quadrant insights, and luxury backpacking. As always, I will share a personal story. And just as a quick reminder, all the stories I will share in this and the upcoming episodes pick up exactly where my book School Dropout Chimney Sweep Investment Banker ends. So if you hadn't a chance to give it a read yet, grab a copy on Amazon.com or sign up for my newsletter and receive a free copy of the ebook version into your inbox. All right, let's dive into the story part. Magic Monopoly Money. I was excited as hell. It was just digital monopoly money within the demo account, but I was going to place my first trade ever. I watched the chart for a few seconds and then I spotted a formation pictured in the trading book I rushed through yesterday. It seemed like an upward trend with higher highs and lower lows. The candle bar had just passed the former top and closed above, with the new candle rising strongly. I placed my trade, buying a fraction of the German DAX index, valued at 100 fictional dollars. That meant if the price above the index, aka all the underlying stocks comprising the index, went up in price, I would make money. Otherwise, I would lose money. Eddie looked over my shoulder, waiting eagerly for my next move. Meanwhile, the price increased rapidly. The screen showed a large green candle getting longer and longer. I had already made plus 8%. That meant I could sell my position for 108 and cash in $8 in profit. Suddenly, the price tanked. The green candle reversed from its top and formed a long line with a small body that shrank rapidly. I watched the value of my position melting away. Within seconds, I went from 108 to 98, a 2% loss if I were to hit the sell button right now. A new candle formed. Unfortunately, it flashed red and plummeted like one of those cars from action movies that fell off a bridge and sank to the bottom of a lake. At first, I was playing it cool, thinking I could make my money back. But now with my position valued at 91, I panicked. I turned to Eddie. What should I do? He took over. A few clicks later, he showed me the same chart, but on a different time level. The former chart produced a new red or green candle every minute. But this one showed the candles on an hourly basis. You need to get out immediately, Eddie said. What? But I'm down 15% already, I protested looking at my position valued at only $85 now. Look, he pointed out at the chart. This is called a shoulder-head shoulder chart formation. Since it's forming on a higher time frame, hourly chart, it will always beat the lower time frame, minute chart. You'll probably lose way more if you don't close your position soon. Hurried, I grabbed the mouse and hit the sell button. Shit, I was down $13 in the end. It was a disaster. We kept watching the chart for a couple of more minutes, and Eddie was right. I would have lost almost 25% had I kept the position. I was shattered but intrigued. If I could lose 25% in a couple of minutes, it could also work the other way around. I just have to get better. So don't forget to tune in next Friday if you want to know how the rest of the story unfolds. 
And now let's dive into our first topic, level up your career game. There is no excuse for not having a LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn is the most powerful tool for building a professional network out there. I interviewed with Morgan Stanley, UBS, Credit Suisse, and Meltwater, and LinkedIn helped me to get a foot in the door in all of those companies. Here are my best practice guidelines that help me the most and will assist you too. Number one, sign up. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Number two, get a high quality profile picture. Imagine a guy arriving at a networking event with a mask covering his face. Weird, right? That's how a blank profile picture feels. Don't be that guy. Number three, stand out with your profile banner. A good profile banner pikes the interest of the visitor and ideally describes his skills already. If you have absolutely no idea, get some inspiration from Canva.com. Just search for LinkedIn banner. Number four, your profile is your CV. On LinkedIn, your profile resembles a detailed CV. You have an about section where you should provide a short and concise description of yourself. Include what makes you as a person interesting. Love backpacking and driving the world? Mention it. Hiked Kilimanjaro? That's the place where it goes. You get the idea. Make yourself stand out. Furthermore, fill out sections like experience, education, skills, etc. As detailed as possible. There is only one rule. If you list something, make it high quality. You can have a look at my profile just put in Kevin Schwarzinger into the LinkedIn search bar. Number five, network as if your career depends on it, because it does. Before you get started, remember, don't be awkward. Act like a human being. You don't want to send a connection request to a complete stranger without introducing yourself. It's like throwing business cards at the guy next to you without even looking at him. I've used this simple framework thousands of times and it works perfectly every single time. Hey, name, hope you're well. I noticed that you are a commonality like me. Would love to connect, best your name. Most people are open-minded and willing to help you, especially if they share some commonalities with you. For example, hey John, hope you're well. I noticed that you're a Harvard Business School alumni like me would love to connect, best, Kevin. Your chances are good that they will accept your connection requests. Then you can start a conversation to learn about their industry, etc. Pro tip, in your next interview, you can mention that you've already had conversation with John, a director at company XYZ, about the industry you're applying for. Action step, start your LinkedIn networking journey now. I'm happy to connect. You will find me by typing Kevin Schwarzinger into the search bar on linkedin.com or just by clicking the link in the show notes. Let's get to topic number two, retire early. What is the cash flow quadrant? The cash flow quadrant is a simple but powerful model that shows how you earn your income and how you can put your money to work to achieve financial independence. It consists of four quadrants, each representing a specific source of income. Number one, employee, E. In this quadrant, you work for someone else, trading your time and skills for a regular salary. You usually have little control over your income and are dependent on your employer. 
Number two, self-employed, S. Here, you work for yourself and exchange your time and expertise directly for money. You have more control over your income, but your earnings are still directly tied to the hours you work. Number three, business owner, B. In this quadrant, you own a system or business that makes money independent of your direct involvement. You have more control over your income and can benefit from scaling your business. Number four, investor, I. As an investor, you use your money to invest in different asset classes and earn income through capital gains, dividends, or interest. You have ultimate control over your income and can take advantage of passive income streams. So why is the cash flow quadrant important for you? It's crucial because it shows that financial freedom is not just a matter of how much you earn, but how you earn your money. To achieve true wealth, you need to decouple your time from income. The only way to achieve this is by owning cash flow producing assets. And now let's have a look in how I use the cash flow quadrant to my advantage and you could too. Disclaimer, no investment advice. I started out as a gymnast sweep, working nine to five trading time for money. Throughout the years, I progressed into investment banking and wealth management, earning a higher salary, but it's still dependent on my time input. Meanwhile, I used my cash flow, aka my salary, to buy income producing assets, aka stocks and ETFs. They provide a steady cash flow in, in form of dividends and distributions and go up in value too. Furthermore, I complemented my portfolio with gold and Bitcoin as a hedge against loose monetary policy devaluing the current form of money, for example, US dollar and euros. Additionally, I created Digital Assets, aka my book. It's an upfront investment of my time and now I get paid regularly when people hit the buy button. I decoupled my time from my income. Dividends will flow no matter if I host this show or not. I receive book royalties every month, even if I sit on the beach sipping coconuts or play video games all day. Using my cash flow from the employee quadrant helped me to build a solid foundation in the investor quadrant. Currently, I'm leaving my 9 to 5 role in wealth management, progressing from the employee quadrant into the self-employed quadrant, building my personal brand as a solopreneur and creating more digital assets in form of online programs, workshops, and the second book. Yes, it's in the making. That allows me to further decouple my time from my income and progressing into the business quadrant eventually. Action step. Expand your skills and knowledge. No matter which quadrant you're in, it's critical to continually work on your personal and professional development. Learn new skills, attend classes or workshops, and learn about different investment strategies to make better financial decisions. All right, topic number three, travel the world. Let's have a look in the concept of luxury backpacking. I'm sure you've heard of camping before, right? It's a blended word comprising of glamorous and camping. It's for all those folks who love the idea of camping, at least a part of being in nature and enjoying the tranquility, but hate the thought of sleeping in tents and freezing your butt on the moist forest floor. That's why a genius mind invented the concept of glamping, offering the best of both worlds. 
being in nature while enjoying the amenities of a luxury accommodation. My fiance Angelica and I are a perfect fit for this. Over the last 10 plus years, we progressed from being an all-inclusive ultra-tourist to curious semi-nomads. We always loved the idea of backpacking, traveling light, booking accommodations on the go, and staying just for a few nights before asking locals where to head next. But there were two major problems holding us back. First, the suitcase. It's just not fun to travel around on foot carrying this bulky thing. I mean, how do you even survive several days without a ton of clothes and 17 pairs of shoes? The second issue was sleeping in hostels. For whatever reasons, we automatically associated backpacking with hostels. The thought of sleeping in a dorm room with eight plus other folks creeped us out. We lovingly call each other luxury bitches. <laughs> However, on some random afternoon, Angelica had an odd idea. What if we traveled with backpacks, but checked into traditional hotels as usual? I know the idea isn't that re revolutionary, but in our world, it, was a valid, it wasn't a valid option so far. By eliminating the horror hostel scenario from the equation, we could certainly figure out the backpacking part. So there we were, watching hours of YouTube videos on non-negotiable packing items learning what to bring with us and how to travel for a year or more with only a few essentials. After a few weeks of research, we found ourselves on a plane to Bangkok with our backpack stored as hand luggage and only one night booked in a decent hotel room. During our three-week trip through Thailand and Vietnam, we took 11 flights, visited dozens of cities and stayed at multiple accommodations. Did you know you can stay in a five-star hotel, indulge in the finest foods and sleep like a baby in a cozy king-size bed for only $60? Well, it's Vietnam, baby. As it turned out, you're not doomed to sleep in hostels once you start traveling light. We call it luxury backpacking. Give it a try. you probably love it. Alright guys, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you had a blast and enjoyed the episode. If you like the show, then please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening and share the podcast with your friends. See you next Friday. Goodbye.